Welcome to Think and Reimagined, produced by Live Abundantly. Live Abundantly is committed to justice, equity, equality, diversity, and inclusion for the creation of a global society which respects the rights and well-being of all citizens. We invite you to visit our website livesabundantly.com to support our initiatives for women, youth and children. Thinking Reimagined, changing the mindset for For a better better global society. My biggest concern is for the young people, the youth, um, those who are growing up and recognizing that they are different. Either their bodies are different or the way they perceive the world is different. And not having anyone to speak to can be psychologically damaging. Or growing up in a religious family where they're already being um, told that anyone who has a different um, sexual orientation or is is evil and so they have this conversion um, therapies which are really torture torture all you're doing is torturing the human being Um, and then they grow up and sort of conform because this is a society where if you conform you'll be accepted and like bc said what you do at home is in the confines of your home and nobody needs to know Um, unless somebody outs you, but they go to work and they're constantly in fear of losing their jobs. Is somebody going to notice that I'm a little bit more effeminate? Um, Is somebody going to notice that I prefer to dress more in a manly way? And I hate to use those terms because I believe that you should have the right to dress in the manner that you wish to dress. Um, Is somebody going to refer to me as being more like a man? It's a term that's been used with me, you know, and so because I wear trouser suits all the time and I put on my ghillie, well, well, she dresses like a man and she behaves like a man, she is a man. No, I'm not a man, I'm a woman. Um, But it's those kinds of comments and things that people do. But I'm really concerned about the discrimination that young people are enduring um, either in the workplaces or in schools or in the community or even within their own families. And my concern really is about um, the increase in suicide, the increase in drug use. These kinds of things are because you're trying to numb the pain. And uh, Ms. Chotamini alluded to happiness. People need to be happy. To be happy is our fundamental right. To be able to fulfill our lives or to live fulfilled lives is a fundamental right. And I think that's being denied. And yes, there are girls, if we're still trying to get an equity bill passed in Nigeria, at what point in time are we going to knock down a law, an act that really discriminates against people that we can't even identify with. We don't even know how many gay people or LGBTQ people exist in this country because many of them are underground or they have left the country so they can have peace of mind and thrive. Uh, B.C. Alimi's decision to come out in 2004 uh, seemed to have um, created some sort of um, pathway for many people who belong to this community to also come out and live their lives. Some of them who have been so persecuted and discriminated as Dr. Am has highlighted, uh, left the country and the others are playing 
um, uh, are just um, living their lives ir irrespective. But I want us to, is there a sense to which um, the legislation is being overstated? Because um, you recall the case with the 47 men uh, that were arrested in Lagos who were taken to court. Um, and last year, a judge actually uh, uh, threw out the case, the case against them. I was listening to some lawyers who actually did mention that nobody has been convicted under that law. I'm referring to the law that criminalized um, same-sex relations in Nigeria. And so all eyes were on this particular Lagos case. Ms. Shulton, you know, do, do you think this further emphasizes the culture of hypocrisy that um, uh, Mr. Alimi talked about, the fact that there is there's a current law in Nigeria, but no one has really been convicted yet. Absolutely, absolutely, there is. I mean, uh, Mr. Alemi spoke of an unspoken rule of engagement, um, which is a bit of an eye-opener for me because um, I do know that there are many unspoken rules, but I didn't realize how complex it was um, with regard to the underground community, if I may use the word and the term. Um, for me, I believe that um, there is so much hypocrisy and um, people need to people need to um, realize they don't need to earn the right to exist. They need to be happy. Um, they need to be realistic about their emotional health. I'm not sure how many people understand what emotional health is. I don't understand. I, I don't think they understand um, the importance of um, actually looking inwards rather than looking outwards. It seems like a lot of people are looking outwards for acknowledgement, for acceptance, um, rather than looking in. Is this what works for me? Is this, um, which involves giving up on old beliefs. Um, as I said in one of the previous podcasts, the religiosity, you know, the fact that family members will be disappointed. Uh, there is a lot of hypocrisy, I believe. And it's down again to if it's the education sector um, if, and also parenting. Parenting is absolutely crucial. Mr. Alimi spoke about having, you know, a wonderful relationship with his mother, his poor mother, he said, you know, having to, you know, um, talk to the uh, university officials and get them to understand that he needs to graduate, needs to do his NYSC. I mean, I think the key point here is also parenting. And when I speak about parenting, I'm not speaking about biological parenting necessarily. Having an emotionally available adult to also stand as a parent is very important here um, in mm. order to move forward. Mr. Boyle, let's address uh, Dr. Amos' concerns about um, discrimination and uh, the fact that um, people might be susceptible to even terrible instances of suicide. Uh, Ms. Shotimino is talking about the need for individuals to look inside rather than um, awaiting um, outside approval. How does that work, particularly with your work with young people? What do you tell them when they face these challenges? Um, I think most people, especially in this part of the world, are more interested in surviving than being happy. And I say that because um, when you try to be yourself, your real self, there's a lot of um, issues or a lot of um, if societal effects that come with it. And I, most times when I talk to my 
um, youth, I try as much as possible not to influence them in any direction because I have to look out for their safety as well as their psychological or mental safety. But um, I normally advise them to just be yourself, be as careful because I'm very, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm very concerned about safety, especially for um, the younger ones who believe they are different. I don't like to use the term different because what is different? You're born the way you are and that's just it. You might not be the same as somebody else, but that doesn't make you different. Everybody's different. So I don't use that terminology, but um, it, it's something that even in other parts of the world, there's still discrimination. If in UK, in America, there's still discrimination. It might not be to the same extent as it is here, but there's still discrimination everywhere. So it, it's going to take a very long time. I don't know if it's ever going to change because prejudice is always going to exist, I think. But um, it's, I, I really don't know how it's going to work out. But I believe the younger generation, as um, was said on the panel, are more exposed to the outside world so maybe we all have to die out and the next generation will be more tolerant of each other i don't know <laughs> it's more <laughs> it's all right so so, so mr alimi would likely tell people who are unique to embrace their uniqueness and just live their lives the way he, he is living his but it would get closer than personal uh, it was reported um that year that your parents and your family disowned you how true is that report and what's your relationship with them now yeah that report is is very very true um and i just wanted to um also say something to what um Nisa B said about um having a fantastic relationship with my with my parents i think most of with my mom my relationship with my mom has been um my mom is somebody that is very pragmatic in the sense that if something is in the way my mom has a way of just like let's just get rid of it and it doesn't matter if she doesn't talk to you if you if, you, if you're not her friend if there's an issue she's very pragmatic and she just want to get get it out of the way and get on with her life and that has been my relationship with my mom that when that university thing happened to ours that you know what this is what is going on. I just want to, I just want to get this out of the way. And when I was attacked in 2007, that led to my coming to the UK, my mom's approach to it was that, okay, here is the issue. Just get out of the way. Just go, just go and find your life and go and do this. So that has been my relationship specifically uh, with my mom and understanding that it took me a long time to understand that because I just felt that she loves me. She's doing all of these things for me. And then she's saying, I don't want you near me. I don't want you, you know, I don't want to be to be seen by you. I remember when I when I invited her to, to the UK, my mom wouldn't even take pictures with me. Um, I, there was a premiere of, of a film that I was involved with in, in at the West End. And I told them that my mom was coming. They were really, really excited. They wanted her on red carpet. They wanted her to take pictures. and. And my mother was like, no, I'm not going. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be seen with you in public. So I, I have to be able to understand that and I have to be able to deal with that. It took me a long time. And then understand that the relationship 
that my mother wants for me is one that is not open is one that nobody sees are with me so that it doesn't look like the blossom of my life quote unquote style because my sexuality is not a lifestyle so she doesn't want people to think that she's accepting of that and so for me i had to come to an understanding that okay this is what she wants and she's never going to be the mother that i wanted her to be the mother that she is to my brother or the mother that she is to my sisters she's never going to be like that to me she's never going to love me for who i am she's never going to be there for me when it matters and she's never going to call my husband your husband she's going to call my husband my friend and so i then have to put my own boundary in place and say you know okay fine if that is how you want this to play out this is how this is what i'm bringing to the table and this is also how i want this to play out and that has created a relationship that is tolerable uh to both of us in a way that is manageable that that's that's just how i will i will put it that way i think i'm taking home tolerance the fact that somebody isn't like you it doesn't mean that um they are bad or that um you should treat them in a particular way um the only way to um live together in peace and harmony is to be able to tolerate each person's difference and uniqueness it's pride month and around the world lgbtq culture rights and issues are being celebrated quickly mr alimi talk to us about what is there to know about this community beyond their sexual orientation yeah um first i want to say that the 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 most pretentious gift you can give anyone the most heartbreaking the most dehumanizing gift you can give to anyone is to tolerate them um and that's why i cringe when people talk about toler- tolerating people um because it's just like you're tolerating pain you don't want the pain you're tolerating it you know because you know it's going to go away at some point so it's just this thing is going to go away this thing is going to pass and that's for me what the concept of tolerate tolerating someone is but i know it takes going on a journey i mean i didn't come out fully to myself until when i was 29 i didn't expect my parents to come out it's been some now i came out in 2004 it's been 17 years since i came out of national television and my parents still on the journey would they be on that journey till the day maybe maybe not it's not my place to force it on them so yeah and then on the pride month i mean the history of pride itself is is fantastic and it's something that you know should be very affirming to us mostly black people um across the world pride started because of many factors but racism was at the heart of pride sexism was at the heart of pride transphobia was at the heart of pride poverty was at the heart of pride because police white police new york white new yorker police were raiding places where poor lgbtqi and young women were hanging out on christopher street in new york they never raided where where white gay men were hanging out they never raided where white lesbians were hanging out they never raided where where white trans people were hanging out they specifically targeted christopher street because it was the biggest gathering 
of LGBTQI people of color. And they see them as scums, they see them as cults, they see scum to the society, and they needed to fix them. And when these people had enough of them in 1969, they took to the street and demanded for their rights. They demanded to be seen, to be recognized as human beings, and to have their rights protected. And this led to days of protest on the street of New York. Many days eventually led to the arrest of certain people. Many people have ascribed destroying of the stone that actually started um, the Stonewall riot to Marsha P. Johnson, who happens to be a trans a woman, a black American trans woman who is of a blessed memory now. And that was how this spread around the world. And by 1970, um, it got to London. And by 1971, they had the first, the London um, gay, uh, gay men uh, front at the match. Um, across um, London that was demanding for the recognition of the right of LGBTQI people. And that also led to um, other protests around the world that eventually um, became uh, what we now know today as Pride. And that's why we always say this over and over again, that Pride is a protest. Yes, some people see it as a celebration, but it's a protest. It's a protest wherever it happens because it reminds us of how important it is for us to fight and demand justice for our humanity. I would like to add something um, to what BC just shared um, because I, I too do not care for the word tolerance. And I think the words that we should focus on are diversity, inclusion, and belonging. We live in a globally diverse world whether you're in Nigeria, in the UK, wherever you are, it's a globally diverse society. And we have to learn at a young age, educationally, societal, communally, to live in harmony with those who are different from what we believe to be the norm. And as Mr. Boyo said, what is the norm? What is the norm? Male, female, Christian, Muslim, but there's so much diversity in this world and we need to learn to embrace diversity. At the same time, we need to learn to include those who are different, whether it's culturally, sexually, by gender, we have to learn to embrace that inclusivity because between the diversity and the inclusion, we create a global society that has a strong sense of belonging. When you feel that you belong to your family, to your community, to your society, then you can be yourself and you can be happy and you can thrive to your fullest ability, which is the tenant of human rights. So I want us to work collectively, globally, to use the words of diversity, inclusion, and belonging. We need to belong. And that is the glue because we are social beings. And when you belong, then you can be, and you must be yourself in order for you to be happy. Let me take Ms. Sotimino's closing remark and um, maybe something a little bit more personal. Ms. Sotimino, how will you deal with your child if growing up, one of them turns out to, you know, 
it's very difficult to use the right words when Dr. Ama and everyone is on this podcast. Uh, not different. <laughs> I know what you're trying to say. Oh no, no, exactly we need we need you to use the word Nifem is LGBTQ plus. Exactly. I'm just trying to say, you know, if you have a child like BC Alimi, how would you treat the child differently from the story he has shared with us? Okay, so uh, Nifemi, I would love my child unconditionally. And this is because I've had to learn to love myself. So I've known, I've, re- I've known the pain that comes with not being accepted and not being loved. And I, I, from day one, you know, that I knew I was pregnant, I've loved my children unconditionally. And if I might add, Nifemi, I also have a child who is uh, hard of hearing, deaf. And I love her unconditionally. Again, there's really no place for her in the society in Nigeria because she's got a disability at the moment. So hopefully she'll do something about that when she's older. But I would love her unconditionally. I I wanted to add that I I did not um, spell out the meanings of P, the meaning of PHSE or PSHE properly. It's personal, social health, and economic education, and I think. When I glanced at that document, it's on the gov.uk website, I was amazed, I was happy, I was pleased that children were being taught so much about their emotional health, their social safety, as Mr. Boyo said, so much is being done. And it was so enlightening. And any child who has had a good all-round education should come up and grow up as being a very, very happy, understanding um, child who loves everyone, every single person, regardless of what anybody else thinks. Mr. Boyo, what are your final thoughts on this? Um, Two words, fear and association. People are afraid to associate or be associated with LGBTQ. Fear of stigmatization, fear of physical harm, fear of incarceration, fear of the unknown. And when you're associated um, with someone or yourself, um, there's that fear of the unknown. And I think um, why people are afraid is because there's no body or no entity that's really fighting for them. And I applaud Mr. Um, BC for bringing this, um, will I say, topic or bringing this um, to to the forefront. Because what do you do? What what do you do? I tell my young people, um, just be safe. Because I don't know, I don't know, I don't know where this is going. So I just say fear and association, and I hope that this changes. And I, like I said, maybe we all have to die out, and the next hundred years, everything will change. But I pray it happens soon. <laughs> I, I wanted to add something quickly. Um, in Europe, there are many uh, members of um, political parties, heads of state, um, many people of prominence who are um, have come out and are owning uh, their sexuality. If that should happen in Nigeria, that would be a way forward. Uh, I don't know if that's possible, but that would be a way forward to to acceptance and openness. I'm so sorry, just before you um, call on um, Busy to make it, I would like to say that um, it's important for us to use, to think about sexuality and gender because 
that plus those people who have a varied a varied sense of their gender are the ones that are even further deeper into the underground and they also need to be um, embraced uh, because that's how they're born and you can't change how you were born but you hope that you can belong and you can be accepted for who you are that's the most important thing correct me if i'm wrong the plus one is that when you're born with both genders um no so i don't for, want to no, that's intersex intersex is oh, when you're Plus is that there are other things that we're not seeing, like people who are asexual, uh, like Dr. Ama said, people. Okay, who are okay, okay. So you can add all the letters in it. So you just say LGBTQI plus. So the plus is for any every other person that cannot be added to the alphabet. That just say that we recognize you and we know that these things exist. Okay, and those people that do not um, have any sexual orientation, they're included correct um, everybody has a sexual orientation so i think you're talking about non-binary and pan sex is that what you're referring okay. to i think, I think it's, it's talking about people who are asexual uh these are people who do not who have romantic feelings to other people but are not sexually connected okay asexual that's the term correct all right thank you yeah you see what i said about getting a master's on this topic <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys and ladies, for your time. Be telling me on a light note: Is your Twitter handle really Lucifer? <laughs> no, that's not my Twitter handle. That's my Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Bisalimi. Now that Lucifer has a story to it. Nigerians were calling me Lucifer because of my sexual orientation. And the thing I've learned about life is when people throw stone at you pack it together and build a mansion out of it. So that's how I've been doing. Wow. Very daring. Very daring. Okay. Now I understand why they don't like it much in Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. A big thank you to everyone. Uh, Executive Director, Leave Abundantly, Dr. Ama, the Shotamini of Paternity Issues, actor and filmmaker, Peter Amand Boyo, and gay rights activist, actor, storyteller, angelic troublemaker, BC Alimi, what a time with you guys. Wish you all the best and see you again. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Thinking Reimagined. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast and welcome your comments, insights, and learnings as we strive to transform our global society. A change in mindset, engagement, collaboration, dialogue, awareness, and education. Thinking Reimagined. Changing the, the mindset, mindset for a better, better global society. society.